Welcome to the selfhostedweb.org podcast. My name is Richard Hemmer. So what is this all about? Well, if you're like me, you use the web quite extensively. You write emails, you post pictures, you publish texts, or use Twitter more than you probably should. Most of the tools we nowadays use to do these things are created and especially hosted by third-party companies. Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, right? And while these are really convenient and easy to use, they do have this one huge downside. You are not in control. All the data, the texts, the images, the discussions, they're yours, but they're also theirs. I don't know how many terms of services you've read before you check the box that said you have, but what's usually in those is that you give those companies the right to use your data for whatever reason they see fit. And it's sort of legitimate. You get to use a service for free, mostly, and in return they take your texts, images, data, and profit from it. At some point, though, you might want to step back and try to see whether there are ways for you to create all these things, enjoy the benefits of a connected internet, without giving up your data and often your privacy for this one bit of convenience. That's where the self-hosted web comes in. I created this website about five years ago with the intent of showcasing software that you can install on your own server or your own web space to replace not all but at least some of the hosted services you'd usually use. And while it's never as easy as entering an email address and picking a password to sign up, there's already a lot of great, often free and open source software out there. This podcast will be about this kind of software. In each episode, I will be describing software that should help you become more self-sufficient or when it comes to the tools you're using to publish or communicate on the web. I'll try to throw in some advice on which service to use, how to set them up and what to look out for as we go along. Keep in mind, though, that most of the software I will be talking about is geared towards the consumer and less towards those looking for enterprise solutions. Also, while I know my way around a console, I'm not a developer and will usually let others get really technical. That said, let's get on with the show. Before I talk about this episode software, I give you a little insight into what my greatest problem with self-hosted software is. It's usually not the initial installation because documentation is generally good for that. No, in reality it's the maintenance, the checking whether there are updates, then reading again through documentation to learn how to upgrade, then finding out about the things that might go wrong during update, and definitely then the times when things do go wrong. So the software I will be talking about in this inaugural episode is actually a platform and it's doing away with these worries. Its name is Cloudron. It has its home at cloudron.io and what it does is immensely helpful for everyone who's thinking about hosting software on their own server. Now, I could go on and try to explain it myself, but why not let one of the founders talk? So I'm Johannes. Uh, I'm a software engineer. Since I moved like two years ago to Berlin, I'm now working full-time on CloudRun. Previously, I was at Nokia in the US, where I also met uh, my co-founder, Girish. As you might have heard, there's a fair bit of traffic in the background, and in later snippets, you'll hear someone speaking rather loudly on the phone in the background as well. 
Johannes was actually nice enough to meet me while I was in Berlin during last week's Republika and it was a bit difficult to find a spot to record. Just try to visualize the traffic as a metaphor for Berlin's busy startup road. Meanwhile, I'll keep in mind that future interviews might need a quieter space. Anyway, here's Johannes giving you a quick description of what Cloudron is and does. Yeah, so Cloudron is a platform to host many apps on your server. So essentially it allows easy installation of web apps, but more importantly focuses on keeping them up to date and secure for you. So we have built a lot of optimization into the self-hosting, which is originally what we set out to do because we both were self-hosters long time and we saw many issues with that ourselves. Uh, a lot of redundant work for every self-hoster, especially when it comes to keeping the server up to date. So. Cloudrun takes care of all the tedious and sometimes complicated stuff when it comes to self-hosting. Installing an app or a piece of software, setting up subdomains, maybe creating virtual hosts, setting up SSL certificates for encrypted transfer and all that. But one of the very clear advantages of Cloudrun is the way it handles updates. Whenever an app is updated, Cloudrun silently pushes these updates to the server. You can set up the times for when that's to happen, either nightly or weekly or even manually, which they advise you not to do though. So, of course, the other big part of the Cloudrun experience is what they call the App Store, in which you'll find many already quite popular open source but also closed source apps for self-hosting. I, for one, am a big fan of Fresh RSS and RSS Reader, reminiscent of what Google Reader was before its demise, or Wallabag, a read-it-later service not unlike Pocket or Instapaper. I find that, especially for these sorts of services that often hold carefully curated feeds or articles, having a self-hosted service under your control, knowing it will not go away until you decide to, is a great thing to have. So Cloudrun already boasts a good number of apps, from the earlier mentioned RSS readers to project management apps or email applications. They are going to add more in the future, but as you can imagine with a project of that scale, it's not all as easy as it sounds. Here's Johannes again. We also initially were a bit um, naive on this and thought we're going to build this app store and everyone can contribute. But then we found out uh, it's, it's much harder because as soon as an app is there and based on the, the whole premise of our project where apps are updated, we suddenly depend on the app packaging contributor to be around to have interest to update otherwise we have to take this packaging over so which is proven to be a bit more complex as we get a lot of requests to uh, app submissions basically but that also means then we get a lot of support requests for these apps where we are not <coughs> experts on mm. so at the moment we uh, try to get users to vote on what they want And we make an effort to provide this in a sane fashion where we can we, we also add tests to ensure updates work. So there's a lot of work in adding apps to this catalog. But certainly the community helps a lot in testing and also basically providing patches to the packages itself. I think it's time I told you more about what you actually need to do to set up your own installation of Cloudron. First, of course, you'll need a server with root access and access to the console. 
I personally recommend DigitalOcean and their so-called droplets, which are easily created VPS or virtual private servers. There's also a number of other great companies out there providing the same service. A quick search for VPS will help you out here. One other thing you need is a domain name. If you don't have one yet, there's a myriad of companies out there that can help you with that. My preference is Gandhi.net, a company based in France that isn't as cheap as some, but they have solid service. So once you've got access to your server, log into the console and then head over to the install section of Cloudron at cloudron.io slash gets.html. There's three commands for you to type in, and after that, everything else can be set up via the browser. If you haven't done anything like this before, don't hesitate to do it, because it's far easier than you think. If you have done something like this before, well, it'll be really easy. When setting up Cloudron, you enter your domain name and then give Cloudron full control over your domain. That way they do all the heavy lifting for you, creating your subdomains and all the necessary SSL certificates. Because it works like this, when installing Cloudron, it creates the subdomain my, which then is the home of your admin interface, for example my.selfhostedweb.org. From there you can start browsing the App Store and install new apps. Whenever you're installing an app, you can choose its subdomain and Cloudron then sets it all up for you. So yeah, it doesn't really get much easier than that. By the way, you can choose another domain for your apps as well, in which case you will have to manually set the DNS record for that domain, though. Another thing about the apps. Most of them are open source, giving you the option of making improvements to them as well. As Johannes has mentioned, sometimes the maintainers aren't too quick about merging changes, so Cloudrun provides a great tool that might help you out there. If you are comfortable with the command line, they offer a command line tool, it's fittingly named Cloudron CLI, which can be installed via the Packet Manager NPM. Apart from being able to stop, install or restart apps, you can also build apps and install these as well. I'll give an example. I had a problem with fresh RSS and the way Apache handled encoded slashes. I had had the same problem with an earlier installation I had put up on another server, so I knew where to look. In the repository for the app on git.cloudron.io, I forked the repo, then made the one-line change to the Apache configuration. I then made a pull request for the maintainer of the app to merge my change into the app itself. But since I didn't want to wait for that to happen, I simply pulled the repository to my computer and with the Cloudron CLI tool, built and installed my version of fresh RSS. And ta-da, my problem was solved. Mind you, I don't usually go around forking repos and then building apps, so I was extra happy that that actually worked the way it did. And before I let Johannes say a few more words about self-hosting and what we can look forward to with Cloudrum, here's one more thing I find really important about Cloudrum. While I use Cloudrum as an individual and might at most give one or two other people access to some of the apps, it's also set out to work for larger organizations. Why? because it's got built-in user management that works for most of the apps in their app store. What does that mean? It means that when I add a user to my Cloudrun installation, they will automatically be added to the apps I have installed. So instead of having to add users individually within every installed app, just create one account for them on Cloudrun, and they will have access to all your installed apps with their credentials. Fair word of warning. Not all apps support this, but for those which do, 
it's a sysadmin's greatest time and maybe even lifesaver. Now you know the basics and some details about Cloudron, and I promised you a bit more insight from Johannes. So in light of this being a podcast about self-hosting, I thought it would definitely be interesting to hear why Johannes thinks self-hosting might or should be a thing for many people. Personally, for me, it was all about um, privacy. Uh, but when we, when we actually started to build the product and we seeked out um, the opinion from other self-hosters, we found out that there are many different reasons for self-hosting. So some are just proud to be able to self-host. Some don't want to have dependency on other companies. <coughs> um, other people are just enthusiastic tinkerers. Um, but at the end, all of them really want services um, to be under their own control, I would say, for their own reasons, why, what control means for them. And being in control of your data is definitely the most salient point here. But this is the internet and it is large and wide and there are so many different services we use nowadays that going entirely self-hosted isn't really feasible. Even if we start ditching most hosted services, there's always some that you'll have to keep using. So I asked Johannes which hosted services he's still using and why. So at the moment, Surge is probably the biggest here because it makes no sense to self-host a huge indexing machine. That's probably the biggest chunk. Um, maybe also uh, things like Google Maps. Um, while there are projects like OpenStreetMap where I could theoretically pull in the whole database just to render some images for me, It, it's not, it makes no sense. Fortunately, there's already a number of search engines out there that address concerns about the collections of data. The one I prefer to use is DuckDuckGo.com, but there's also StartPage.com, which is basically a way to search Google, but with all the ads and tracking stripped out. It's kind of slow, but it does the job. Generally, none of the alternatives to Google are really as good as Google, but how could they? Google has been doing this for a very long time. Speaking of time, things move fast with Cloudron. When I talked to Johannes last week, I mentioned that Cloudron is still not in version 1.0 and asked him when that would be the case. He said that they are very close to the 1.0 release and when I received a mail from Cloudron a few days ago, I realized how close. In sad mail, they announced the launch of 1.0 in the coming week. So here's a lesson learned in creating a podcast on software. Do it as quickly as possible. One more thing, the price. Cloudron can actually be used in two ways. There's the entirely self-hosted version, which is what I described above, and a managed version where you don't actually have to go out and get your own server, but instead let them do it. I think it's best described as a hybrid of hosted and self-hosted and is probably best for those who want more of a one-stop shop solution or aren't yet firm enough with servers, etc. The other tier is the totally self-hosted solution, which during the better version so until 1.0, was free to use. With 1.0, Cloudrun will still be free for open source projects and Cloudrun contributors, and they will still have a free version, but that one's going to be limited to two installed apps. For everyone else, there's going to be a personal option at 8 euros a month and a business option for 29 euros a month, which I think is very, very reasonable, not least because the good people at Cloudrun are always very quick to reply on their chat whenever I had a problem. Anyway, go and take a look at Cloudrun's feature set. It is quite impressive. 
and they have promised to add a good number of additional features once their 1.0 version is out, which, in case I haven't mentioned it before, will happen sometime next week. And there we are. This has been the first episode of the self-hostedweb.org podcast about the self-hosting platform Cloudron. Thanks again to Johannes Zellner for meeting with me. The music is by Poddington Bear via freemusicarchive.org. It is under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 International License. If you have any suggestions on what to talk about in my next episodes, feedback about this episode or just general feedback about the format, don't hesitate to drop me a note at richard at selfhostedweb.org. Oh, and if you generally enjoy podcasts and know some German or want to learn it, maybe, I'm also one half of the history podcast Zeitsprung, which you can find wherever you usually find your podcasts or directly at zeitsprung.fm. I will leave the final words to Johannes Zellner, though. Apart from their own platform, I ask him where he sees the future of self-hosting. This is what he had to say. Well, as, as the foundation, it's from one angle is that uh, infrastructure cost is going down at a very fast pace. Uh, ten years ago, it was very expensive to have your own server. And it's also not really feasible to have your like box at home on your home connection because uh, while you're away, um, this, the service you depend on always need to be online and you, they need to have fast data connections. So it makes sense to have it in data centers. Um, where the infrastructure itself uh, is ensured to be running and has internet connectivity. And this infrastructure cost is going down quite rapidly. That helps a lot from this angle to uh, enable people to even do this because at the end, self-hosting competes a bit to these free SaaS services which are often have free tiers which are really good already, um, especially for individual users. And therefore, the infrastructure cost needs to go down. So... If this is happening further, as I think it is, this helps a lot to enable people to do this.